Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. just uh, want to obey the Lord this morning. I want to encourage and strengthen our people this morning. You know, on this journey that we're on, it's so easy to get sidetracked. I mean, it's the enemy that sidetracks us and, and get our minds sometimes headed in the direction we shouldn't be going. And, uh, the Lord just began to just you, these scriptures I've used time after time, and uh, but this morning as God as God began to deal with me this week about this, that just kind of grabbed a hold of me and took me these scriptures in a different light than I had really ever noticed them before. So I want to turn to Genesis chapter eleven. I want to read couple scriptures right there close in 11 and 12 and then turn to Acts. Amen. So stay with me this morning. Genesis eleven thirty one, And Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son and Sarai his daughter-in-law his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and they came into Haran and dwelt there. Everybody said dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now I want to do verse, chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now the Lord said, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, to a land that I will shew thee. I want to turn to Acts this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Acts this morning. Seventh chapter, and I want to read verse two through four. And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. And said to him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. And come unto the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him unto his land, wherein you now dwell. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. I thank you, God, for the closeness that I feel in this place this morning. And I pray that, God, you would sincerely draw all minds, God, 
Lord, to your word this morning and help us this morning as we minister that you would encourage and strengthen this church, Lord, through the message today. Anoint my lips of clay, Lord, that I may be heard, God, only by your anointing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I have never written a forward to a message before. But I feel, I felt too, yesterday as I'd come back and looked over it one more time, trying to find the will of God and the way he would have me to go, what he would have me to minister. I felt like that maybe I needed to do a forward or a little introduction. That's not, That's what a forward is. It's nothing more than an introduction. I want to minister to you on this subject. And I hope this catches you and you understand and keep focused this morning. Sidetracked by comfort. Continuing too late for daddy. Sidetracked by comfort. Continuing too late. For daddy. I began, God began to deal with me and didn't really know which way to go, what to do with it completely. But I'm going to follow, try to follow the Lord this morning and what he would have me to do and say. We must realize that in our story this morning that Abram was called not for his own sake, not for his descendants, if you please, sake only, well, although he was called for his descendants, but not them only, but for the sake of all, or can I say the whole world. And uh, a part of that, in Genesis 13 and 3, I want to notice what he says. And 12 and 3, he says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram did not just do this for his descendants, but he done it for whole, the whole world. And that's part, that we're a part of that. And so, Abram, he says, everybody, not just your family, but all the families of the earth are going to be blessed by this and with this. Now, this morning, if I would turn, and I could turn real quick, as I relate just the forward of this story in Genesis 22, and verse number 18, it says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth. Now, I want you to understand that first he tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going I'm to I'm increase you. 
And I'm going, your family is going to be blessed next through all of this. But now this carries it on and lets us know even further. And thy seed shall all of the portions, all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Understand that in our obedience, sometimes it's not just us that's blessed. Sometimes it's not just our family that's blessed. But it's everybody around us. It's the whole earth, if you please. Or everybody is blessed by our obedience. Thank God for obedience. Bible says it's better than sacrifice. Hallelujah. How many, like Abraham, have set out on a journey and fell short? You ever done that? You knew who, where you was headed. There was no doubt about it. But you fell short. In fact, I think many a times in our walk with God that we knew what we started out to do. We, we come to turn our life over to the Lord and we was planning on following that to the T the rest of our life. But someplace down through the ages we fell short. Anybody ever fell short? I have. I fell short. I've stumbled and I've fell and I've had to get back up again. And, and I've had to ask God to forgive me and go on. We can't stay there. we got to keep on moving. Hallelujah. I believe this morning that this message is for the church. Some have started the journey with good intentions of getting there. Really. But have stopped short. Have stopped. And there's always a reason why we stop short. You know, the, old, the evil, devil is always... He is always there to stop us short of the destiny that God has got lined out for us. He's there. I'm telling you, he, if he can just slow you down for a bit and get you to look around at the world, come on. If, if he can just get you to notice somebody that seemingly has, uh, is living for the enemy and everything's going good for him. Anybody ever been there? Said God, I don't understand why I'm going through this and nobody else is. What's going on? Lord, how come they can go to church and they can feel God and I can't? Come on, yeah, come on, yeah. You, am I relating to you this morning? I'll preach here in a minute. But, but this is just a forward because I want, I want you to know the enemy is after us. It's, I don't believe there is ever a time that, I've, that I have experienced in my own life. And I've been in this a lot of years. I don't want to count them because it'd tell my age. But I'm going to tell you, any time, over 60 years, I'll tell you that. I thank God this morning that in my failures and in my weakness, that God has been made strong through me. It's when I think that I'm weak that I'm strong. Because when I think I'm weak, what I do is I just kind of fall in the arms of Jesus. And from there, he picks me up, Sister Brenda, and he helps me. <laughs> when, I can't, when I think I can't make it anymore, oh, it's so good that God comes along and he sweeps me up. And he said, come on, child, you can go. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> if you can't do it, I'll carry you a while. I'll fix it for you. I'll take care of your weakness. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come this morning to remind you and to remind us where we're really headed. 
that we don't want to miss where we're headed. I, I don't want anything to take my attention more than the place that I'm headed. I just prayed in here yesterday. I prayed, Lord, let me keep my eyes on the prize that's set before me. Don't let me focus on the things behind because I'm going to tell you, that's where Satan deals. He deals in your past. He wants you to look in your rear view mirror. That's what he wants. He wants to tell you how bad you were and what you still got there, you know, that, that you can't make it. He wants to remind you of what has happened instead of what is going to happen. He don't want to see your future because your future looks bright now that you got Jesus in your life. Your future looks good. And we need to remind the devil that, hey, my future's good. I know that I was in a mess back there, but I'm not looking back there. That's already forgiven. Come on, there's a clean slate of paper behind me, but there's something before me that I do not want to miss. And it's called heaven. It's called a place where there's no sickness, no pain. Come on. No enemy to bother you. Come on. It's all encouraging. There's nothing bad. It's all good. He don't want you looking to that. He don't want you looking to that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister McGee, we have family on both sides that are in danger because they have stopped short. Hallelujah. I want you to know that I feel just a, I feel like maybe me and Abraham's a little bit of kin this morning. I want you to look at Abraham's story, Abram's story, and then Abraham's story. And Sarai, that's no longer named Sarai, but Sarah. Praise God. I began to think, you know, if I could feel just a little bit like Abraham, because I, I got to thinking, man, what, what a great guy, what a, what. It must have been something to live back in those days because Abraham or Abram left Haran when he's 75 years old. And, and you can look the backdrop of that story and look afront, look beyond where I am even reading this morning. And we find a story where Abram and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah now has gone to Egypt. I'll let you do that later, and I'll preach here in a minute. But I want you to recognize that when he went there, he told Sarah, he said, you tell Pharaoh that I'm your brother, and you're my sister. And that's something, a man of all that integrity and stuff, you, he lied. Now, I, want, I, want, I want to caution you a little bit here this morning. I want you to think of this great man, and he was. All the families of the earth have been blessed by Abram and Sarah in his generation. What a great thing. But he lied. So I'm feeling pretty good this morning. Yeah, Sister Cox, I'm feeling pretty good because I believe I recognize a little bit. He said, you tell them that you're my sister because the reason why is because you're so beautiful. And they would kill me just to get you. So maybe if you tell them that I'm your brother, that they'll say you'll save my life because of it. So what I began to think of, isn't this a great thing, Sister McGee? We're not old yet. And yet after, when Sarah goes into the land of, 
of Egypt. She is such a beautiful woman at 75 years old. So I can, I can kind of go along with that. I still got my wife. She's still beautiful. So, so I feel like that Abraham and, and us is a little bit of kin because my wife's still beautiful. and She's not even 75 yet. And, uh, you know, maybe I ought to tell everybody she's my sister, you know, but save my life. You know? So I feel like there's a little kinship going on here. Amen. So this morning we get past all that, and I want to preach to you this a little bit. Because I believe that God has got something to say to the church that we be not sidetracked by comfort. Now, comfort can be a lot of things. It's wherever you're comfortable. Amen. So we find that Terah, he took his family from Ur, the Bible says, of Chaldeans, Chaldees, to go into the land of Canaan. They came to Haran and they dwelt there. I want you to notice that Abraham's father, Abram's father, uh, he, he had the right thing in mind to leave and to go to Canaan. Now, I, I read to you, you know, that the Lord had already spoke to, and it don't tell us that here. It says that Abraham later on in, in chapter 12 that the Lord spoke to him and told him to get out of his country. But we find in Acts that it was actually when he was in Ur of Chaldees that the Lord had spoke to him and told him to leave his family and leave his kin, and go to Canaan. So Terah had in his mind to go to Canaan. It was in his mind. Everybody said it was in his mind. Come on. In our mind this morning, there's not a one of you in here that in your mind that you haven't got it in your mind that I'm planning on going to heaven. Anybody not planning on going? See? Everybody's got, nobody raised their hand. Everybody, everybody in here this morning has got planned, Brother Terry, to go to heaven. We're all headed to Canaan. We're all headed the right place. But we've got to be careful and not be comfortable in a spot and stay there. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stopped short of the place that he had started out to go. And, and I want you to notice where he stopped. He stopped short in a place that was kind of like home. All right, now stay with me. It, it was kind of just like the place that he had left. Yeah, all right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that a little bit with you. The Chaldees, in Ur of Chaldees, they were astrologers and magicians and diviners. So when they came to Haran, we find that they were lunar paganist, moon cult, if you please. Kind of like the same thing that they just left. Nothing, nothing hardly changed. It's all the same. They were paganistic. Come on, they were idolaters. They, they worshiped not the true God. Can you imagine that? That in the face of all of this, and I began to, God began to deal with me about this, on this situation. Because everybody always paints such a beautiful picture of Abraham to, to the place that if we're not careful, we think he never made a mistake. But he was a person of mistake just like you and me, yet he was favored of God. 
So I'm here to tell somebody this morning that it don't mean you don't know God just because you made a mistake. Come on. And it doesn't mean you don't know God just because you're going through some things right now that you don't understand. What I'm saying this morning, I don't want you, though, to stop short of that because of that. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 It sounds like that they kind of stopped in Haran, and it was a place just about like where they left. But remember now that Abraham really is not the leader right then. Understand that it was daddy that he took his family and he went, but he stopped at Haran. It don't say he was sick. You don't read nothing about that. You read nothing about that he was poor of health. All we read after that is he died. Glory. Somebody stay with me. How many people in here like change? How many don't like change? Come on, raise your hand if you don't like change. Come on. Not very many people like change. When change hits a job, not very many people like that. It messes everything up. We don't even like it. I don't even like it. And I could grumble about this all day. I don't like it when they change the time. I hate it. Even though they give me an hour more sleep, all they do is mess with my diabetes. Because now it's got to get used to an hour back. i got to fall back an hour in my diabetes. Try that. It gets used. My body gets used to taking my, my medicine and my... And, and my insulin and all that at a certain time. Now i got to wait another hour. And it gives it time to either go down or go up. It's, it's come on. You, you, you stay with me a while because this is the place. I get comfortable in that six months that we're on one time. And then when it gets changed, I'm not comfortable anymore. I'm grumpy. I hate it. I start griping at my wife before it ever happens. This will just do nothing with me but mess up my sugar. I, I heard over the news the other day somebody in Illinois was trying to, trying to get it where they wouldn't change it. Boy, I want to vote for that. I don't care which way you change it. I'd rather you keep it the other way because I like that hour of the evening. I'm sorry, I like the daylight of the evening. Come on, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a God thing that I, I'd rather have daylight than dark. Because we're children of the light, not of darkness. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. So, I don't like change. And I want you to notice that they didn't just stop there. They didn't just stop at Haran. They didn't just take a time, Sister Perkins, to rest, if you please, a night or two, just, just a time of rest. But the Bible said they dwelt there. In other, in other you know, words, when they stopped there, they set up housekeeping. You know, it's not so bad to take a time of rest, but we don't want to stop there and dwell there. Sister Cox, I don't want to stop in a place that I'm going to lose part of my family. Now, I understand my title. They were sidetracked by comfort because this is a place just like they left. It's the same old religion. It's the same old idols. Come on. They're worshiping the same old things. But in the midst of all of that, evidently, 
back in Ur of Chaldees, there was a God that began to speak to Abraham out of this idolatrous family that said, this isn't right. I need you to separate from it. Come on now. You better stay with me this morning. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost kick in. Hallelujah. I don't want to stop. If my family is going to keep me from going to heaven, I want to separate myself. Oh, come on, church. We got to think about it a little bit. If it's going to make me stop and dwell where they are, then I don't want to be, I need to separate myself from them. I know I, I can almost feel that like, go like, don't want that, don't want that. Well, sometimes if it's going to affect you and your relationship with God, you need to do some separation. Come on. Bible said to be a separate, saith the Lord, and come out from among them and I'll receive you. It's when the separation takes place that he receives and he starts blessing. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. They didn't just stop. They didn't rest for just a day or two. But they set up housekeeping. It was like they forgot where they were headed. How many times have we forgot where we's headed? Done some things we ever never thought we'd do. Come on now. Come on now. Been taught. No. But we kind of stepped out of line. Anybody, come on now. I, I know I'm not the only one. Anybody ever done some things that you didn't think you'd do, even since you've been a Christian? Come on. Come on. We might as well just be honest this morning. Come on. We've all thought fell short of the glory of God. I've had to, I've had to get on my knees, Sister McGee, and I've had to ask God to forgive me. I've had to ask Sister McGee to forgive me. I've, 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 I've had to do that. Come on. And it's all right. I want to make it to heaven. Come on. I don't want to fall short of the promise. Somebody said the promise. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I want to, somehow I got to drive this home. I got to drive this home this morning. I don't have a picture to show you. I don't have an illustration this morning. You can come tonight for that. But this morning, God began to deal with me just to preach. Because I want to get this message across. See, you fall short of that. What worries me is it'll be like Terah. That they stopped and Haran and Daddy died. He never did make it to the promised land. And I don't know. It don't give us the Bible, don't give us clear detail. But I got the feeling the man that Abram was, that Brother James, if God spoke to Abram and told him to move out of there. I've got the feeling that he was talking to daddy and saying, hey dad, I, I, just, I just heard a voice that spoke to my ear and he may not realize really what it was. He may not understood that it was God at that time. But I'm going to tell you something. Brother Pat, I believe that he was saying, hey daddy, it's time to get out of this place. <laughs> There's been a voice that spoke to me and said, you need to get out away from here. Oh, glory. And I don't know, maybe that's where why daddy went is because his son had spoken to him. But whatever reason, daddy was quick to forget what Abram was going to do. He was headed to Canaan. The Bible said Tamar went. They were, on their, they were headed to, to, to Canaan. Come on. It's sad thing when your family, come on, is going with you and all at once we stop and we lose part of the family. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm about to really get serious. 
I, I began, and you think my mind, my mind was racing this week, and even yesterday in my office of praying and things, my mind began to race. And Sister Shay, I thank God for you this morning. I began to think of some of the things, and here a while back I was rummaging through my desk files, and I began to run on some files, and I'd run on some files when Sister Shay was just a really young lady. And all, a lot of those children, in fact, I, there's, I, can't, I didn't go through and just count them, but a whole Sunday school class had written me a little note and put it on a paper and uh, put their name on that. And it was one of those kind of notes that, Pastor, just want you to know that we're praying for you. Brother Freddie, all I can think about after that I thought, how many of them's left? Someplace there was a stop. I don't know. I, a lot of them, it wasn't the family members that stopped. Sister Shay, that company that you come up with, I think you're the only one that's left. Here. Oh, God. I began to cry. And I thought, Lord. We have stopped short. Someplace there has been a stop short and we've lost some people, some youth. They used to sit in our beds. I couldn't do nothing but cry because I thank God that she's still here. But what are we going to do about all those that's lost? How are we going to regain them? How are we going to get them back? And just since we've been in city, in this town, Sister Cox, I've got family members. Sister McGee and I has on both sides that we've lost along the way. I think about your family. Even think about that son that's come here several times, him and his wife. I began to think about that. And I began to think about it, And they're not coming any anymore. Very seldom you ever see them. What have we done? Where have we stopped, Church. What have, we, what have we done? What have we done? Have we fell short of where God wants us to be? Have we, have we landed in Haran? And I hope to God that we don't lose some, some there. There's been some that's died since we've been here. But thank God most of them was ready to go. Come on now. But I wonder what's going to happen. What about these that's out here wandering around? Come on. Some place they shouldn't be headed down the wrong road. What are we going to do? Are we going to stop with them? Or are we going to keep on traveling? Don't hold Abram up so high because he stopped with daddy. I wonder what had happened. It began to come to my to my. Uh, mine. I wonder what would have happened, Sister Rhonda, if Abram would have kept on going on the journey that God told him to go on. And I wonder what would have happened, Brother Terry. I wonder how much better things could have been for us too. Come on, if his family's going to be blessed and the whole world, I wonder what kind of a blessing we would have received if it had got, went on to his place of abode, if he'd went on to his promise. Brother Malone, I even wonder if he would even had to went to Egypt. 
Come on, there was, huh? Yeah, famine in the land. I wonder what had happened if they'd have just went on. I wonder what had happened. Daddy might not even died if they'd have went on with their journey. But Daddy stopped, and he wasn't going any further. He set up housekeeping. So therefore, God help us. You better stay with me. Daddy put up dwelling place there. He set his stakes there. And because I got the feeling, I don't have a Bible for it, but I got the feeling because that daddy set up housekeeping there, that Abram set up housekeeping there. Come on, church. We got to be careful where we take our children and how long we stay at a certain place. I don't want to lose out on my promise. God, God, God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to miss the promise. I don't want my children to miss the promise because daddy stayed too long. sidetracked by comfort because it was much like the home that we just came from. And it felt so good that instead of just going on through this place, we're going to take a last look at home. And we stayed right there. And they stayed too long because Daddy died, Brother Terry. You can lose your family by staying too long. He'll get you so focused on your past or what you're going through. I know what I'm talking about. I've been here. He can get you so focused on what you're going through that you stop. In the last four and a half, five years, I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm, come on. I come to a place and stop. I almost stopped in my ministry because I didn't feel good about it. I it was like I was in a battle. I still am, but I'm going to tell you, I'm winning. By the help of the Lord, I'm winning. Sister McGee can tell you of a surety that every time I'd preach, I'd get up here and I'd feel all nervous and shaky and, and, and just wonder if I was going to do a decent job. And it didn't seem like I could feel the presence of God like I used to. I, 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 I couldn't read and study my Bible. I'm talking about right after my surgery of open heart surgery. Sister McGee can tell you a little something about it. Now, it, it happens. You're, when they take your heart out and work on it, honey, there is something that happens to you that nobody, you can't tell nobody how it feels. you got to go through it. And when you go through it, it's not a great thing. I'm going to tell you, when they take your heart out and lay it out on a table, you know, God began to tell me that I needed to pray for all the hands that had laid their hands on me while I was in the hospital. And that's how I started getting victories because I'm going to tell you, you don't know how many people had laid their hands on me and had spirits. Anytime people lay their hands on you, they're imparting something to you. You've got to be careful who lays hands on you. I began to pray against those spirits. And I tell you, it took a long time. This year has been the best year that I've had as far as being able to preach and being feeling good about the ministry. And slowly and slowly, that, that feeling is leave, leaving that Brother Terry, when I get up now, I can feel comfortable back in that place that I used to feel, that I can feel anointing coming on me and I can feel God impressing me to do things. Where before I'd stopped, come on church, we got to be careful where we stop. It can affect our whole family. My family knew that daddy was going through something. And they was praying for daddy. 
Not everybody knows where I've been, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm telling you, it can happen to the best of you. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how long you've been living for God. The enemy knows your weak spot, and he's going to focus on your weakness. Oh, Jesus. Glory. I'm not getting very quick here, am I? I better rush. Hallelujah. I want you to know if you fall short of your promise, you listen to me closely. If you fall short of your promise and you die there, you're excluded from the promise. If you fall short and you die in that kind of condition, then heaven's not going to be your home. That's just how close it is. I'm going to ask you a little question. Who in your family is in danger this morning? I want to take you back. I want, I, it's a serious sermon. This is, this, is, this is not the normal way that I preach, but I'm going to tell you. Who, who in your family is in danger this morning? See, because a lot of your family is my family. A lot of my family is your family. We're in this together. In fact, we're all brothers and sisters. Sister Cook, just because you got people unsaved, no sign, I'm not going to pray for them because you're part of my family. Brother Cook's my friend. I love him. Cox. Cooks, Cox. All the C words. Just for Sister Sarah, and she's not here this morning. Got to be careful, church. Because we're all family. We're all members of the body. I don't care what part you serve. You're a part of the body. Come on. And I don't, I don't want to get, Brother Pat, you're my brother. I care about you. When you're not here, there's a piece of the body missing. And, and, and you cut your little finger off and you come to church and there's a part of you missing. You'll miss that little finger. You know, yeah, I'm gonna, this finger here you'll really miss because you're always pointing it toward heaven. Ever notice that? I've, I've, I've watched. You know, I watch people worship a lot, and I, and I always notice this. I see this every now and then. If I, it's not back with Sister McGee. I ain't gonna tell you who, but I see some people in front of me. They're always got the little finger going like this. I don't care if they're singing or what. Come on, you cut that off, and you see if you don't miss that. What are you gonna do then? Which one? Or maybe it's this. You know. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, church. You, you, we, cannot, we cannot afford to stop in our place of comfort. The longer you stay, the more it affects you or affects your family. When you stop short of where God wants you to be, it affects your family. Come, I said it affects us. Come on, it'll affect your family. If you're not careful, you'll lose one there. One will die there. I'm not saying, I'm not saying literally, but spiritually. One will die there, or you'll lose two there. Or you'll lose three. Ever watch? When you let up, they let up. Come on. When you stay home, they stay home. Come on, church. 
You better preach with me a while this morning. I know I'm preaching where you're at because I've been there. we all been there. He don't want to see us go forward. He wants to see us stop. Oh, hallelujah. Church, if we're not careful, we can stay too long in our comfort zone. You won't receive your promise in the comfort zone. You hear me? said, you won't receive your promise in the comfort zone. Don't be delayed by comfort and miss your promise. It seems like that they were having trouble in our story this morning saying goodbye. Come on now. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard to leave your family. It's hard to. But if they're going to cause me problems on where I'm headed, come on. When you're going on vacation, you don't normally allow your family to keep you from going. Especially if you're going to a nice place and they're not, they're not in any danger. They're not sick. They're not dying. They just don't want you to go. Nine times out of ten, you're going to go any place, anyway. But if you're not careful, they'll talk you into staying right where you're at. And you'll miss the joy of the vacation. I know none of you do that. Hallelujah. Don't be delayed by comfort and miss your promise. Just because they was having trouble saying goodbyes and they was feeling comfortable right where they was at. And Abraham stayed there too. And he lost daddy in the process. I wonder what happened if he said, Dad, I want, come on now, stay with me. I know this is hard to say. And you thought, well, I would never say that to my dad. I wonder what had happened, Brother Terry, if he'd said, Daddy, I understand and you've lived here a long time. You like this area. Your gods are, yeah, I know, Dad, but I'm sorry. I can't stay with you. I got to go on. Hey, he was, supposed to, he was supposed to leave and leave his family anyway. Done been spoken that way back in Ur of Chaldees. So he knew what he's supposed to do. But he let daddy, come on church. He let daddy keep him from his promise. Are you going to let daddy keep you from your promise? Are you going to let mama keep you from your promise? Are you going to let your kids keep you from your promise? Well, bless God, my kids is everything to me. Well, I love my kids too. But if it comes between me and the kids and, and they're going to go on and, and live like they are and not going to. If they're not headed to heaven. With me, then I'm sorry, I love y'all, but I got to separate myself and move on. Come on. I got, I got to go on. Come on. I got some kids that's, that's lost. If God had come tomorrow, they're lost. Brother Terry, you know where I'm at. Brother Freddie, you got family. You know where they're at. And almost every one of them sat in this church. The first church. I remember. I, you, I, I still think about it, Brother Freddie. On the first church, it was like the second or the third pew. That that blonde-headed sister of yours sat there. Kim sat there. I remember that. It always comes back to my memory when I'm mentioning her name in prayer and praying for. That I remember her sitting on that third, I believe it's the third pew. And she sat there on that same side. 
And I remember her standing, having her hands lifted, tears rolling down her face. I'm not sure. I don't think she ever received the Holy Ghost. But she was at church and felt the presence of God. And we've stopped someplace, church. I don't know why we've, I don't know. Maybe we haven't witnessed like we should when they were here. Maybe we've not preached like we should when he's there. But no matter what, there's been so many that's been lost that way. Brother Terry, got a little red-headed daughter that somehow she was lost sitting right here. Glory. Brother Mike, we lost you and Sister Brenda to Second Church. We gained you back now. Don't stop now. It's no place to stop. Come on. The enemy wants you to get discouraged and troubled. I just read, I'd read stories this week about people that stopped. Come on. That bec- because, I'm reading a book right now, and, 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 uh, and, and this book talks about it. When people get discouraged and troubled, they just become a Christian, and all at once, trouble's starting to hit in their life. And, and because of the stress of things, and I'm looking around at other people, and it seems like that everything's all right. And David thought that until he walked into the house of God. And the Bible said, then he began to see. Come on, church. Come on. There's, there's a reason the devil wants you to stop right now, right where you're at. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for Brother Heath and Sister Krista. Glory. Come on. This row here has went through some troubles and trials and and, and it seems like a devil's just overflowed on you. And it keeps, keeps it seems, seems like it don't stop, you know. And that's, yeah, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This has been, this last two, in fact, this, this last, uh, Sister McGee and I's year, we just, you know, it's a, throw your hands up. It's okay, God, whatever, I guess. You know, you might as well just accept it and go on. Hey, hey we've, been, we've been busy since, what, April? before surgery, going through all the tests, all that junk. We're still going through it. Sister McGee's got to have surgery Wednesday. Yeah. We've got to go to Evansville three days in a row. She has surgery. She's got to go back to Thursday. She's got to go back Friday. And then in December, we're going to have another surgery. Go through the same thing again. And yeah, woke up one morning, the coldest morning we had, at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there was no heat. Amen. Come on, church. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what it is? The devil wants us to stop, get discouraged, troubled, and just kind of throw in the towel, if you please. Oh, Jesus. I got up this... No, it's last night. I was going to sit down in my chair, and I was going to read my Bible, and I read up, and, you know, the fan, the... Light just above me. I always use it, turn it on, and read it. And when I reach up and pull down on that string, the chain come right out of the. Switch. Well, that's about right. Ain't want me to read my Bible either. I can go to my office. Come on. It's just been raining in our house. But in all of that, 
I find something to keep me encouraged because I'm still warm. I still woke up this morning. In fact, even I was when it went out, 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember. It's, it's been too long now. I can't remember what day it was or nothing. I'm, I don't even remember. But I, know, I believe it was Monday morning. Wednesday, okay. Whatever. Anyway, woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Brother Jerry and my wife was awake. My wife was over and she's moving around. I said, dear, are you all right? She said, yeah, but I don't think the furnace is working. I said, you're warm? She said, yes. So I went in and I took a look at the thermometer. And we had it set on a 71, I think, or 70 or whatever. And it was 67 in there. So I got our two ceramic little electric heaters out. And I put one of them on one end of here by the hall and the one on the other end and started them up. And my... My heat, my heat, my furnace man couldn't believe it because when he got there, and I don't even know what time it was, came to tell you, 10 o'clock, something like that. And it had never dropped below 67. We live in an 84 mobile home. A 14 by 70 with a 7 by 24 pullout, and it had never dropped below 67. What? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's unbelievable. Glory. I don't know. I think God was throwing off some heat in the house. Our water wasn't froze. I looked at the temperature a little after 2 o'clock, and it was 6 degrees. I looked an hour later, and it was 9 degrees. I said, hey, dear, the Lord's bringing heat. 9 degrees. And when we got up at and and I don't know what time was the next time we looked, but the next time it was 14 degrees, and it just kept on going on. Thank you, Jesus. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Even in the midst of trouble, you can find something to praise the Lord for. Don't let him stop you and think that God is not with you. i got to hurry, y'all. Hallelujah. I don't want to stop in the place of comfort. I believe there was a reason in all of this why Sarai was childless. In her of Chaldees. Think about that. Because I don't believe that daddy wanted her. I don't, I don't believe that, that our father in heaven wanted her. Our children. If they were going to be the children was going to bless the whole earth. I don't think that he wanted them to grow up in that lunar place. That place of idolatrous worship. I don't think he wanted that. Come on. He's trying to get them to change places and they stop. And daddy died there. He was affected by it. He was affected by it so much that he couldn't let loose of it. Come on, church. If we're not so careful, we'll get our family wrapped up in something that they can't turn turn loose of, and they'll die spiritually right there while we move on. Hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. She was barren for a reason. Didn't want his children. Didn't want Aaron's or didn't want Abram's children growing up in that kind of atmosphere. Hallelujah. Didn't want them to learn the paganistic ways. Didn't like the atmosphere. Hallelujah. You can be in the wrong atmosphere too long, and you can lose some people in your family if you're not careful. Your comfort zone, if you are not careful, will become your children's downfall. I said, your comfort zone will become your children's downfall. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Brother Zach just spoke about it when he taught the last time on Wednesday night. And I began in this song, uh, it, it, it comes real to me. Because I got a daughter that when she backslid, this is one of the first songs that comes to her mind. She still, still, she'll still tell us that it comes to her mind. It says, sin will take you farther than you want to go. And it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You hear me? I'm going to tell you, sin wants you to stop there and not get moving again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I may have to cut this short. That's all right. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you something. Even our little city is not so goody-goody anymore. We fell short. We've gone to the pot, if you please. Our goody, two-shoe little city that's so, you know, good. One, a place for a place for elders to grow up. Come on. Hallelujah. The devil is inflicting us with more sin all the time in our city. Beer joints are now open on Sunday. Come on. And we keep getting more of them. You can gamble anytime you want to now. We're losing ground, church. We're losing ground in our own city. And statistics already tell us, time after time, of places that they've even been, these gambling joints and these casinos and all that they're putting in in all these big cities. It has come to me even through television, and you can hear it, that what it's doing, statistics say that all these things foster violence and broken homes. Because daddy goes out and he gambles his, and not only God, sometimes it's mama. They gamble their money away and there's not enough left to feed the kids. Come on, church. Come on. Daddy goes and gets drunk. He don't only gamble, but he gets drunk and does it. He's bound to lose money then. Come on. You, you don't want to stop in a place like that. You don't want to stop there, church. We want to move out of that place. We want to separate our children that they won't be infected by the things of this world. And if we're not careful, we stop too long and we lose some. Thank you, Jesus. Even the churches of our day are more about making people comfortable than teaching them to be transformed by the Word of God. They always put out a survey of what you like. That's what we're going to put in our church so y'all come our way so you'll like it. It's, it's non-denominational. They're ashamed to put anything on it. I'm going to tell you, I have watched it. People that have changed the name of their churches and notice it's always a generic something. Even the Nazarene. I noticed they built a new church right across from my brother's house in Princeton. And they've even changed the name. They've still got Nazarene, but they put something on the front that made you know it's just non-denominational. That will accept you whatever you are. Oh, come on, church. I, I thank God that I'm apostolic, Pentecostal. Come on. That I believe in speaking in tongues and dancing in the Spirit. Come on. I'm not ashamed of who or what I'm in or how I dress. Come on. I'm not ashamed of it. Come on. 
But we're living in a generation that wants to fit in. Come on, that was just spoken about too, just here in the last few services. People want to fit in, want to feel comfortable. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, church. I don't want to feel comfortable. Not in this place. I feel comfortable where I'm at. I thank God I'm who I am. Come on. Hallelujah. Mm, glory. Hallelujah. I'm trying. Glory. See, living for God calls for a lifestyle change. Can somebody say amen? I don't want my family to get caught up in the comforts of this world and lose out on their promise by continuing on the journey we started. I sure don't want to be the cause of them stopping. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we stop short. I don't want to stop short. Brother Mason, you can come. This altar's open this morning. If you've lost somebody because you stayed too long and didn't journey on. There's an altar. We need to keep on praying for those that have man, I got names. I've got I've got people, I got names down, but I I I go through names. From way back, still doing it. And then I've got names of people this that's right here amongst us right now that needing prayer really bad. Sitting by my chair, Sister McGee, every now and then we add a new name to that. We think of somebody and I would write another name down that's in dire need of prayer. Not always sickness. Sometimes it's just a spiritual thing that you can see somebody just slacking off. I, I hope we're close enough family that when somebody slacks off, we can see them. I'm not talking about the McGee family. I'm talking about the Cook family, the Malone family, the Perkins family, the Sutton family. The Garrett family. The Charlene and Angel family. The Sister Brenda family. The Sister Jessup family. The Trout family. The Lena family. Mason family, the Dykus family. I want you to know we can get sidetracked by the comfort and continuing becomes too late and we lose daddy 
his brother. We lose nieces, great nieces, nephews, grandchildren. Have I hit all children? Husbands, wives. Sons, daughters. Daughter-in-laws, son-in-laws. Or even whole families, brother. to lose no more in your generation. You're it. Have you stayed too long? Have you slowed down? Have you stopped? It's time to pick up and move on. Before I lose somebody else. Jerry. I guess it's all right. I call him Brother Jerry. He's my son. Who would have thought 20 years ago that your brother had ever stepped outside? Somebody could preach a gospel. It was daddy's last hope of taking over the church. Come on, church. You tell me it's not detrimental. We can't stop here. Sister Cox, don't ever give up on Brother Cox and your family. You got partners in prayer that's praying. Freddie, we've lost some brothers and we've lost some sisters. We've almost wiped out a family. God, we can't afford to stay home. That's a slow down place. You understand what I'm saying. I'm not getting after anybody, understand me. But I'm saying something that keeps Sister McGee and I pushing on, pushing on, because we got an unsafe family. I don't want them, I don't want them to see Brother Terry, Daddy let up, Grandpa let up. For God's sake. We've been the strength of this family because we've kept on moving. can't afford to lose any more of you. I love you. This altar's open this morning.
amazing you sing. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.